Ross Lyon, the Blues, and Joe Danaher. There's some of the stories to come out of round six. I'm Chris Pepper, and here's this week's review from the Laces Out podcast. Well, unless you've been living under a rock for the last couple of days, um, round six has passed us. There's been some great games and some absolute shockers, but it's been some of the stories that have been off the field that has been causing a lot of discussion within the community. Um, Brendan Bolton and, and the Blues going to the worst start in the club's history. Joe Danaher's performance uh, and continuing lack of performance. What well, I think most importantly, Ross Lyon and, and what's happened over there uh, with um, apparently hush money payouts and so forth uh, from a, a sexual uh, misconduct claim over there at the Fremantle Dockers has pretty much overtaken what was a okay round of football for round six. Um, sitting back, I remember last week doing the tips, I was telling everyone to pretty much go out and either ravish their partner or go to the movies or do something else than watching another Carlton game, and I was pretty much right. If you didn't get it on with your other half, uh, and you decided to, hey, you know what, I might sit in front and watch uh, the Blues again on a Friday night, try and do something, you would have been let down with their performance. I know a lot of their supporters were... Um, and it was their worst start, 0-6 and six for the first time in the history of the club. And it's, it's fascinating just sitting back. Um, as you know, I'm a, I'm a very loyal, um, very passionate Melbourne supporter, so we've been through these things before. And it was interesting when we knew there was going to be a rebuild coming in that it would take time and we had to be patient. We had to go back to the draft and we had to recruit and we had to do um, the hard yards before the success would start to pay off. And we got a bit of a taste of it last year. Um, and we're hoping to get a little bit more of a taste of it this year. It, wasn't the, it hasn't been the greatest start over the first six weeks, though we are sitting three and, three and three. But if you have a look at the Blues, they've been rebuilding for a number of years now. Um, but I think the biggest difference was when we went back to the draft and um, tried to bring players in that would make a, a difference... I think what the Blues went and did by uh, becoming GWS Light, if you know what I mean, when Stephen Silvani came across, has probably set the club back further than we expected. Um, I'll look at Paddy Cripps and the, the poor bugger. I would hate to be playing in that team right now. I know you've, once again, you've, you've, you know, some players are just lucky to, to be, um, you know, to go to certain clubs and, and be picked up. You know, Joel Sale would have a look at him. He, he went up to, I think, number seven in the draft and in his first season played a flag, and he's already played in three flags uh, pretty much by his fifth season in the AFL. Paddy Cripps, I don't think he's going to even play in five wins this year. Um, they're putrid at the moment, the Blues. Um, and, you know, I do have a few Carlton supporters, and I can understand their frustrations and because I've been there. But at least we saw the light at the end of the tunnel, and I don't see that with the Blues. Um, you know, if you have a look, they're, they're top-end talent... Who is it? Like, Cruiser, is he a top-end talent? Would you say that he's a, uh, you know, one of the best ruckmen in the league? Well, Gorn and Grundy at the moment, Sanderland still, uh, big boy McAvoy, they're pretty much taking in the league right now. Um, Murphy's out with injury. Um, they've obviously lost Gibbs. Um, they, they, they've gotten, they've, you know, they do have Kurnow, I'll give them that. Um, but Liam Jones isn't going to do it. Daisy Thomas isn't going to do it. Levi Kozbold as your, as your main forward isn't going to do it. And unfortunately for the Blues, they're going to be going through a lot more pain over the next number of years. If you have a look at a mob in a similar position who is still sitting 0-6 and six right next door to them, you're looking at the, the Brisbane Lions and you have a look at their development. They've lost probably more players over the last number of years 
but they've gone back to the draft, they've done the hard yards, and if you have a look at how Chris Fagan has set that list up, obviously he's only been there a couple of years, but what's been brought into the club and the experience that he's brought into the club, um, they're, they're only going to be going forward. You have a look at people sitting in their forward line like Eric Hipwood. Like, tell me he doesn't excite you when he goes near the ball. Um, you got your midfielders that have still got something like Daniel Rich. He's becoming into a, a, a really good leader of that group. Beams is a leader, uh, a leader of that group. Even though I want to you know, slap Mitch Robinson from left to right, he gives you everything every single week. McStay's another one in there as well too. Um, McCluggage, they've got plenty of upside. They've got more upside than Carlton. So um, it's going to be interesting to sort of see the way that they um, work over their next couple of weeks. I know they're playing my boys, the D's, uh, I don't think it's this week, the week after. So, you know, they potentially could be 8-0. and zero. They've, I think they've got the Adelaide Crows this week. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think they're going to be um, they're going to be struggling. And I can't see where their next win is coming from, which is a complete flip around from when uh, good old Mick Malthouse said that uh, they can't see a team who you know, who's going to beat them. Um, look, my, my heart goes out to them to a degree, but... You know what? If um, if you think you're the ducks nuts and, and you really aren't, you're gonna go through the hard years. And I think also with the um, the administration, they knew what they were in for. And if they were to cast aside Brendan Bolton now, um, like someone said, pretty much they're going to be he's going to be setting up the team for the next coach, and, and it shouldn't be that. You know, he should be allowed to experience the highs whilst he's experiencing the lows right now. Um, so, you know, listeners, tell me what you think, you know, write us a message, tell us what you think on uh, on this particular situation. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, another thing that's um, hit the headlines, especially in the last few days, has been um, the Ross Lyons scenario. Um, the situation with uh, some uh, comments that he made at a Christmas party a couple of years ago have come to light. Uh, it also looks like a um, some hush money, as they would say, or some money was paid to the young woman in charge, or the young woman, in shouldn't say in charge, uh, who was affected by this. Um, and it's 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 interesting because if you have a look at the stance that the AFL has put in over the last few uh, experiences with this, when it's come to um, females being affected in a particular way, uh, they got a couple of their key executives out the door last year. Simon Lefleen and another one off the top of my head, which I can't remember, were let go uh, for having uh, affairs with fellow staff. Which, mind you, the women who consented with that were also equal parties to it, but the men were, were let go. Um, you see the, the schmozzle that's going on with uh, Pal Pepper at Port Adelaide. They've, they've put their nose into that, given him a three-week window. Yet they've come out and I think Gil McLaughlin um, said something along the lines of like if you know if he, he didn't see a problem with hush money being paid for a, a situation like this. So it's it's a bit strange that you know they've sacked one person, they've put a three-week ban onto somebody else, yet somebody who has looks like they've done something and money's been paid, they don't look like they're going to be coming under any scrutiny or, or ban or moved out for a number of weeks. So I think the AFL are trying to be everything to everyone, and, and unfortunately that that's not not their job. Um, I think you have to go with the approach. If, if it's going to happen to one person, it's going to have to happen to them all. Um, Ross was interviewed... Um, over the, I don't know, last night by Basil Zemplis. And some really good questions were asked towards him. If you get a chance to hear the review, and he pretty much went straight back straight back with the um, with these responses. But 
it did, like I said, it did happen several years ago. It's obviously just come out into the, the AFL public. It's just a coincidence that everything that's been happening in relation to, you know, um, women being affected by either uh, sexual assault or being affected by lewd comments, etc. So it's a tough one. I know the, the public stance on it has got um, quite vicious and quite a number of people have come out in the public. You don't have to you know, get it from me. You can go on to news.com.au, uh, heraldsun.com.au, theage.com.au or, or any of your local papers to hear different opinions on the story. I, I just think that sometimes um, the full picture needs to be made, the full picture needs to be clear. Everybody needs to understand what's going on and when you can't find that out, um, that's when the brain goes, well, there's a lot of missing pieces, so I'm just going to fill them with my own thoughts. And whether they're right and wrong, we'll never know, because at the moment, Ross is playing, like I said, a pretty straight bat with everything. Um, things might come out over the next few days. Uh, we might discover more about what's occurred, how much was paid out, etc. But I just think that this, look, it is a pretty serious um, scenario, but once again, uh, you know, it's it's what's the go. It's um, it's what the go at the moment is out there. You look at everything that's been happening in Hollywood. Uh, you have a look at everything that's been happening in the uh, television and the media industries, especially over the last six to twelve months. Um, you know, enough's enough. I know I don't I don't um, stand by it whatsoever. Um, but there's always a reason why it comes out now rather than later. So maybe, like I said, it was trying to be hidden. It's not my point to say so, but I, I hopefully. People get the the message that this this won't be stand you know stood for. Um, I think Fremantle have obviously they've paid the fine on behalf of Ross. Um, that's apparently what the the news is saying. Um, and I hope this is the last we hear of it because really we've got the probably the greatest game in the world and it's being overtaken by stories like like this. They are serious, uh, but we really should be focusing also on on, on the good things of, of our game as well. Um, these things are going to happen when you're in the spotlight. Just people need to check their egos in at the check their egos in at the door, pull their heads in, and, and realise that uh, they aren't the ducks nuts all the time. Um, so yeah, so hopefully Ross can um, move on from this as as well as the AFL community as well. Okay, so it's time for a quick whip around of the games from round six. It all started on Friday night with the Bulldogs beating the Blues by twenty one points. <sighs> from what I saw. Uh, I reckon, as Ford Fairlane said, I'm better off masturbating with a cheese grater than watching the results of that game. It was a shocker. Once again, I've said it before, I don't understand how Carlton can have another Friday night game uh, in the public spotlight. So I hopefully don't mention this game again. Well done to the doggies for getting another win. But Carlton, you tripe, and I hope I never see you can go and do the graveyard shift on Sunday afternoons. That's where you deserve to be. All right, let's move over to Saturday afternoon. The Swans, how good were they? Five goals up to three-quarter time. Kick seven in the last. Win by 17 points down at Geelong's Fortress. They've got the number on them down there. Um, and if you have a look at the goal kickers for Sydney, they were players that wouldn't normally come to the top of your, uh, top of your mind. Um, Will Haywood, wait, sorry, Will Haywood, Popping three, Oliver Florent kicking two, uh, Ben Ronke kicking two. So, you know, even without Buddy Franklin at the helm, the Swans just once again still find a way. They are almost, you know, they take one cog out, they just put another cog in, and the machine just keeps turning on. So congratulations to John Longmire. I reckon Geelong do have a few issues. Tom Hawkins, he's um, 
he, he could almost be doing a spell, I think. He's been done over quite a number of times this year. Um, you know, you, you, you do have Dangerwood, you do have Selwood in there, but they're, they're just two men. You still need another 16 to be able to do something. And they are very thin down in the back line. Uh, so they have brought a few new players in over the last you know, couple of years. Uh, they still need to get Gary Ablett in there. Um, they're going to make it very difficult for the three of them to rotate round. Maybe two out of the three can throw into the middle. Um, but Sydney, they haven't got off to the start like they did last year, and they are just ticking along nicely. Another team that I actually thought that were going to tick along nicely this week and uh, get the win was North Melbourne, but they went down by 33 points to Port Adelaide down in Melbourne. Um, I honestly did not see that one coming. I thought that um, North were going to take that one. Actually, tipped them. Gave you all the tip. Don't I look like a complete flog right now. Um, so uh, the good thing about it, though, is is that Waite and Brown, once again, the, the Twin Towers down there for North, uh, did kick a few. Sam Gray, he had an absolute day out. He popped four through uh, for the power. But they're just doing what they have to. They're, they're beating who they, they need to at this particular stage and setting themselves up for a good year. Um, one of the the, uh, the demon uh, podcasts that I listen to weekly has a segment called Watch, 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 Watch for obviously Jack Watson. You know, he's not setting the world on fire. Funny enough, he wasn't doing that at Melbourne either. Um, but he's still popping his one or two goals through a week. And if that's what uh, Hinkley wants from him, then so be it. Um, when you're a winning team, you're not going to be complaining. So good luck to him, but we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. Uh, GWS, 34 points. Uh, they just uh, went through the motions against Brisbane. Once again, uh, Brisbane, they are a young team, but they're having a crack. And um, you know, Chris Fagan, you should be really, really proud of the work that you're doing with this group because you've got some um, players there that are going to look magnificent. Uh, Zorko, once again, leading that team from the front. Um Daniel Rich was there. Um, he's doing what he needs to. You guys like Lewis Taylor in there. Daniel McStay. Um, McCluggage, like I mentioned earlier on. Um, you've also got uh, the big fella down there, Eric Hipwood. So there's a lot of excitement for this team, but it's just going to take a couple of years. So be patient. And if you build it, they will come. GWS, though. They don't look as formidable as I would have thought. They've had a lot of injuries, and for the first time in a long time, their depth is being challenged. Uh, it is good that they are just ticking along with the wins and banking them now. So Leon Cameron would definitely be happy with that. But you know, once they get back to their full full complement of players, once again, they're going to be a very very difficult team to beat. Working towards the tail end of the series, tail end of the uh, season. Moving on from that, um, that particular game, the Hawks took on an absolutely pitiful St Kilda. Can you believe it was only a short time ago that they drew and they should have won if it wasn't for a free kick that may or may not be there? Hey, it's up to you. You decide. Um, but they went down by 35 points to the Hawks. Um, the Hawks, they are blowing my mind at the moment. You know, 12 months ago, they looked like they were done and dusted. They were finished. They were over. Um, the Hawks and the Hawks and the, the Clarkson era was going to be over, but they just continue to do what they need to do. Um, they're getting a lot of run. Isaac Smith is probably in all Australian form uh, this year. He has been brilliant. Probably at this stage could be quite high up in the Brownlow voting, but unfortunately he's got a little bloke named Tom Mitchell who's probably popping votes left, right, and centre from him as well too. Um, and for the Saints, they're pathetic. 
like if I know it'd be frustrating being a Carlton supporter right now, but the Saints, you're absolutely woeful. I, I'd be pulling your hair out. Um, they don't have anything up forward. They don't have anything out back. Your, your midfield looks slow. People who they've you know pulled in at quite high in the drafts, they're not you know they're not developing. Where are you right now? What do you stand for? Uh, you play the D's this week, and if you don't pull your finger out, they're going to absolutely smash you. I'm hoping they smash you by 10+. plus. Because uh, if they do what they did to Essendon in the second half last week, um, St Kilda, their backmen are going to have to go and visit their osteopath and get their necks readjusted because they'll be uh, looking as the ball goes over the head and sailing through the big sticks quite a number of times on um, Sunday afternoon this week. So um, Adelaide took on the Suns, casual 48-point win to the Crows. They're back on the winner's list. Congratulations to them. Um, it was great to see David Swallow pop three th- you know he's been loyal since day one for the for the the Gold Coast Suns. So it was great to see him kick uh, three. None of the big boys uh, that you would normally associate with the Crows um, had big scores. Richie Douglas he popped three through, and also Riley Knight. The Crows are a little bit of a mixed bag, aren't they? They're um, I would like to call it the Katy Perry uh, syndrome, which yes they are hot and then they are cold. No, that isn't the siren going off to tell me that this part of the uh, podcast is over. We're going to push through. Um, they are hot and they are cold. Um, so they've had another injury. Uh, Taylor Walker, hammy. Apparently that's their seventh hammy for the year. Their uh, medical person might be getting a little bit nervous. He might be looking for a new job towards the end of the year because. We know that if you get a lot of soft tissue injuries right now, that is going to make a massive impact pushing forward throughout the season. So they might want to have a look at what's caused it and maybe do a bit of, uh, as they would say, realignment with that. But hey, look, they're, they're ticking along as they need to as well and getting the points. All right, here's the game that we're all talking about. Um, if you watch the first half of this game, uh, you would have thought that Carlton were playing again uh, on Sunday. That was the Essendon versus Melbourne game. The skills were absolutely, excuse the terminology, the only way I could put it is shit house. I know that they only had a three, uh, sorry, a four and a four and a half day break to get back after the Anzac Day weekend, but it was poo. But the Ds came out after halftime, kicked seven goals to one and pretty much locked it away. And this result would have been a lot bigger if it wasn't for the fact that the uh, Bombers kicked the last three. What was really good though is that uh, the Ds learnt their lesson from the game against Richmond on Anzac Eve made a, a multitude of changes. Uh, Bradley Fritch coming in, Charlie Spargo for his first game, Mitch Hannon being there, and they lit up that forward line. They looked fast, they looked creative. Spargo adds a bit of mongrel that they were being looking for. Oscar McDonald kept uh, this week's great pretender nominee um, to virtually nothing as well. Um, and so it was good to see the D's come back like that. Um, it's interesting, they, they only lost by 40, I think it might have been 46 to Richmond, and they said that was a blowout. Yeah, Collingwood lost by 42, and it was a valent effort. You know, people have absolutely no idea about games these days. Um, so I was pretty excited by that. Maxi Gorn, is he just taking the piss right now? Like, seriously, is he taking the piss as the best ruckman? And to that Essendon flog that was sitting on the boundary, giving him a mouthful, how much of an absolute dickhead did you look? You've given him a spray, you sit with no mates, he's just looked at you, slotted a boo-na-na, and given you the, hey, how are you going? You look like a complete and absolute knob jockey. Uh, I'm going to run back to the centre and take the piss out of Lundberger just a little bit more. So the Ds, they got, um, they got the Saints this week, and it could be, fingers crossed, a percentage booster. Two in a row, and once again, pushing to get back into that top eight, which they, they deserve to be in. 
And they would have been cemented if uh, Maxi had slotted in that goal after round one. They could potentially be sitting at this stage four and two, not three and three. Um, moving on from that, um, it was a game for the ages. It was also a little bit of back and forth as well at the MCG. It was the the, the reverse rubbers, if you would say. Collingwood taking on the Tigers. This had a, uh, a finals feeling to it, if you were watching the game or listening to it. And yet, once again, the Tigers teased and teased and teased, threw a bit of Burley out there, said, come along, have a bit of a nibble, I know you want some, and then just gave him a smack in the last quarter as well and took out the game by 43 points. Uh, it was great to see. I can't stand Collingwood. They're, I can't stand their supporters. Um, and if you're a Collingwood supporter out there, uh, I'm probably aiming it at you. Um, because you just, once again, think that uh, good old Collingwood forever, we know how to play the game. Well, apparently four weeks ago, you wanted to kill Nathan Buckley because you couldn't play the game. You've played two good weeks of football, and now he's God's gift to the AFL. You don't want to. You don't want to be yanking the cart too hard just at the moment. Give it a few more weeks until the uh, you know all the the wedding bliss you know tends to you know shine off a little bit and we get into the, uh, the the crux of the season when it gets harder, especially between rounds twelve to seventeen. That's where you really find out what teams are like. So they've got a few challenges coming over the next few weeks, but they do have some players coming back in, which is great. Mason Cox, he looked all right up forward. I still think he's a spud. Uh, but everyone else thinks he's a spud, except for Collingwood and Nathan Buckley as well too. So, hey, I ain't going. I'm not going to um, mess with a bloke whose chest is huge. He's has perfect hair and a great smile every time I see him, and probably could kick the living bejesus out of me as well. And I'm talking about you, Nathan Buckley. And last but not least, which in my eyes was the game of the week, and that was the local derby. Eagles versus the Dockers at the new Optus Stadium for the first time. The Eagles win by eight points. But it was back and forth all day. Um, and you know what? These two teams, if I've said it before, punch the living suitcases out of each other. And if you have a, have a look at the um, of the last quarter, it pretty much went goal, 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for that last quarter. So no team um, gave up. Hayden Valentine, you know, he kicked a couple. Josh Kennedy, congratulations to you being the greatest goal kicker in West Coast Eagles history. But Lockie Neal, he took out the medal with, uh, I think it was Jack Redden as well. Congratulations to the both of you. Uh, you've Someone's got the Ross and someone's got the Glendening. Uh, parts of the medal, maybe they'll cut it in half and then go a little bit of Shazam-like uh, when they meet together and say, hey, I'm half a or 0.5 Ross Glendening medalist. Um, the West Coast, they are surprising a lot of people out there. I didn't pick into where they were. I, I, I was putting them in probably the bottom six of the, the ladder this year, but they are just doing what they need to do. So congratulations. And with the number of games they've got at the main stadium to finish off the season, uh, a top four position is definitely not out of the realm. And for Fremantle... Well, they are definitely heading in the right direction as well, too. Uh, Ross needed to make some changes in the middle of last year. He's playing a lot more of the kids. Um, Fife is back. Brayshaw, he has been phenomenal for them so far. And um, Lockie Neal's still racking up the posies as well, too. So they're in a really good spot. So 2016 so far, like I said, this is the end of, end of round six, has been really, really tight. And I can't see things changing uh, too much. There might be a couple of teams out of it at the moment. But as we move forward and forward, those um, the 50-50 games obviously are going to be really, really critical for some teams out there um, because you, you, you've got to be on every week. I think that's the thing that I've taken out of this season so far is that you've got to be on every week. And if you're you know, 10% off, you're going to get beaten. 
Um, and a lot of teams in that 4 to 12, 4 to 13 range, they can't afford that because they don't have enough of that A-grade talent to, to get them over the line. So it's going to be very, very close for the remainder of this season. We're going to talk about it every week. I'm enjoying this. But up shortly, this week's nominee for The Great Pretender. And let's just say he's not a uh, small target, if you know what I mean. It's a shame to be giving out uh, this week's Great Pretender Award to a certain individual who had a stunning 2017 season that has been a shell of his former self. Uh, he's the big man from Essendon, the big number six, Joe Danaher. His season so far has been nothing short of pathetic. Um, he is nothing of the player that was all Australian in 2017. And I just want to give you some uh, some stats for this young gentleman. Last year, he kicked 65 goals, 39 behinds, to earn himself an all Australian jumper. After six rounds, he's sitting at a majestic seven goals, nine behinds. This guy should be tearing games apart. Um, he has no presence on the ground. His moustache is more exciting. He twirls his hand like a Cameroonian gymnast at the Olympics. He is probably either due for a run in the twos or um, throwing him into the ruck. I don't know what you do with him. His confidence looks shot. He was even giving goal assists to the Ds. I don't know if you saw it when um, there was a pass that went into the middle of the ground. I think it was by Jesse Hogan. The big fellas come over to dock over the top. Huge punts straight to the Melbourne goal square. Um, Hannon picks it up, kicks it. And he was just shaking his head. He, I remember the same time last year, he played the D's and Doris Depart, I think he kicked six. I, I don't know what to do with him. Um, you know, he's too good of a player to be playing VFL football, but something needs to change. I think the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result. And, and with, with Joe, um, it looks like um, worst folder is. is actually going down that insanity rule throwing him down centre half back for a bit but unfortunately you've got Hooker and Hurley down there so he can't do it down there maybe throw him in the ruck and just say hey you know what think about old school football just run around and have some fun but mate you're a shell of your former self at the moment and um, you are the recipient of this week's Great Pretender Award number six from Essen, Joe Danaher So the siren sounds on another awesome episode of the Laces Out podcast. Um, another week in football. I'll be back tomorrow night with my tips for round seven. But most importantly, just remember, give us a like, share it with your friends. I'm here to do it because I love it. But most importantly, for you listeners out there, you're getting something out of it as well too. So have a brilliant week. Good luck for your team this week. Um, like I said, check tomorrow night for my tips. And remember, there's only one way to get your football review, and that is Laces Out. Good night.